0: Thomas. Michael. My good friend. How are you doing, pal? Your buddy, your pal, your amigo, your compadre, your cool one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not... high-fiving you, baby. Come on. Skin, skin, right here. Up. I'll give you a fist.
1: I don't like those germs. Now, speaking ah. of germs, I'm going to make you happy today. I'm going to make you happy because I know how important cleanliness and germ-free and stuff like that. They have a new toilet seat out, space age, that might save millions of lives. And it can detect the early signs of heart failure by picking up blood
0: pressure, oxygen levels, and your heart rate. You mean Uh, when I sit on that new space-age toilet, in order to get my blood pressure, it's going to be squeezing my Dupa? (laughs) It fits over the top
1: of the normal toilet seat and measures your heartbeat, your blood pressure, and levels of oxygen in blood. It's battery-powered, waterproof, and... It sounds like it's a winner, buddy. Why couldn't have Elvis had this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, why a toilet seat? Surely the electrodes
0: and stuff could have been fitted over a more common device, right? I hate to think of what happens. I'm sure it's uh, running on AC power. What happens when, you know, that certain squirt goes to <laughs> the wrong place? <laughs> can, you imagine, can
1: you imagine going innocently to somebody's house that you don't know they have this? And you get on the toilet seat, and all of a sudden,
0: wires and circuit breakers, Bomb squad, bomb squad! (laughs) Well, the bomb squad was there as soon as you sat down. That is what you call a real stink
1: bomb right there. You know, I suspect, for many of us, including me, the toilet seat is the last bit of refuge left in our house. We don't need to be destroyed by a nagging toilet seat, do we? Oh, the refuge. (laughs) How about we just invent a toilet seat that automatically cleans the bowl, flushes, and puts the seat down? How about that?
0: (laughs) You're really lazy, aren't you? (laughs) Here's what I want to know. Does it come with Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi, baby. And what's your download speed? (laughs) And can it name that tune in three notes? Yeah, I only want to upload in that situation. You know, I don't know
1: about you, but I always hear these stories about people that get on the toilet and they have reading material. I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but I'm in on yeah, that. I don't mouth. want to
0: get too personal.
1: <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I'm one of those
0: guys that in and out, right? In and out. Or are you a guy that you like to sit and you know read the morning paper? Honestly, WTMI is not my favorite radio station. <laughs> The Big Brother
1: Butt Check device. That's what
0: they going to call this thing. Big
1: Brother Butt Check device. The Triple BD. <laughs> I've given you some of my thoughts on this, Thomas, but I still need to sit on it for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can you imagine if Elvis had this
0: thing, buddy? We'd still have that guy. Uh, maybe. What maybe. would he be doing today if he was still alive? Think about this for a second. If Elvis was still alive, he would be in his 80s. And what do you think he'd be up to? I'd say about 3.15. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Mike.
1: Now, climate change is causing all kinds of problems in the world, my friend. But here's something that I didn't think was going to think about for a while. The melting glaciers are exposing the bodies of over 300 dead climbers on Mount Everest.
0: Now, that sounds like something we can have fun with. (laughs) Or as Julie
1: Andrews would say, the hills are alive with the sound of melting. But seriously, the warm weather... So many guys have died on this thing. I mean, this thing is like, you know, when we were kids, Mount Everest was like conquered by one or two people a year, maybe one person every time. I don't know. But now it seems like hundreds of people are going up there and a lot of them are experienced. A lot of them are dying. They've exposed 300 bodies. They're preserved because it's been so cold. So now the question is, how do they get them down? I say you
0: get on top of them and you snowboard them down, right? Here's what I'm thinking. What? 300 bodies. 300 bodies. Right. And all that snow and ice. Yep. I think that's probably the tip of the iceberg. There
1: you go. Look at you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so funny. I can't stand myself. Oh, you know, since they've been frozen, maybe we
1: can bring them back like the woolly mammoth. I wonder if they've contacted their Mm. loved ones and tell them.
0: It's a woolly mammoth weekend.
1: You know, of course, some people are calling this a hoax and say they're just nothing but rubber dummies. What do you
0: think? Rubber dummies? Right. Planted by the CIA, the deep freeze state. (laughs) See what I did there?
1: You can hear this conversation going on now. Clean up and peak four. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't imagine something less fun to do than climb a mountain. How about you?
0: Yeah, I don't get it. But I guess you have this incredible sense of accomplishment when you get to the peak. It's kind of like me on a Saturday night with my wife. <laughs> oh, boy, you're just rolling, aren't I'm you, I'm rolling, baby. You want to switch places? Uh, no. <laughs> you're the straight man today. I'm the funny
1: guy. You know, it's one thing to climb Everest because it's not a, like a straight up, you know, put the dagger into the thing and pull yourself up. It's more like traversing hills and valleys and stuff like I mean, it's, it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. But have you seen these guys climb these cliffs like straight up with nothing but their hands and fingers. Yeah, how do they do that? Uh, you talk about cray cray. Oh my gosh, Thomas, how do they do that? And you see them put the chalk on their fingertips, like that's gonna help. <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever, th- whatever it takes. And don't you have to have a really great day that day to be able to do that? I mean, what, you can't have an off day at the office, can you?
0: No. A lot of these people, they you know, they end up you know buying the farm. I don't know. We're different people. Would you ever jump out of an airplane? I told you that story. I almost did once, but <laughs> when I found out my instructor was insane, I said, No, I'm not going to do this. Right. You came to your senses. I came to my senses. You came to your senses. And you know what? People could come to their senses,
1: my friend. If they want to listen to this without uncut, cut, where could they go?
0: What's This World Coming to.com, which is our daily podcast. It's so much fun. And we want to invite you to invite your friends. <sighs> we'll have a big communal experience, just like the 70s. Tom and
1: Mike. Have you ever had a kidney stone?
0: I have not. Well, you're a lucky man. I hear they're very painful, and I oh. know that you have.
1: Yeah, about 10 years ago, I had no idea what was happening. I was in bed. The pain was just unbearable. And I had to go to the hospital. And uh, They didn't take it away that night, but they gave me plenty of drugs. That, uh... But do you know that kidney stones have increased from 3.8% of the population in the 70s to now it's almost at 10%. Why is that? What do you think? Our diets? I mean, you get a kidney stone from a lot of reasons, but mainly you don't drink enough water, you don't exercise, and you eat too much salty food.
0: I'm hoping I'm going to be okay. Well, they want you to eat plenty of fruit and vegetables, which makes your urine less acid. You knew that, didn't you? No. (laughs) How do you know your urine is acid? Is it like dark? I don't know. I guess my tomatoes would know, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He pees on his tomatoes, everybody. Once in a while. By the way, this is why they're being grown. Just in case you're wondering if he buys tomatoes at the market and brings them <laughs> home. Oh, that would be sick. Sick! But it cuts down on the acid.
1: Yes, it does. When men have a kidney stone, they say it's the closest thing they'll feel to a woman having a baby, giving birth to a baby. And if that's true, I'm going to tip my hat to all the ladies out there because
0: that is one hell of a pain. And by the way, thank you, Jesus, for not giving me the kidney stone. The kidney stone, they say try imagining swallowing and digesting a
1: running chainsaw. Running and digesting a running chainsaw. Really? Yeah. It's that bad. I mean, I remember when I had it, the only thing that made me feel better, I get in the shower, I turn it as hot as I can, (laughs) and then bend over and let it hit (laughs) that side and let it
0: hit the side of where the pain was coming from. Really? Yep. When you said bend over, I thought you were gonna (laughs) let it hit somewhere
1: else, but... They say divorce is a little bit like a kidney stone. It hurts like hell, takes a hell of a long time to pass,
0: but when it does, freedom! Mm. I remember that great group from way back when, Sly and the Kidney Stone. There you go. (laughs) A recent study found that that was a courtesy laugh, wasn't it? It was. I thought
1: so. Well, they're coming so fast, I got to keep my eye on the ball. <laughs> a recent study reports that riding a roller coaster helps patients pass kidney stones. One man reported that it was the most enjoyable way he's ever had a rock shoot out of his pee-pee. <laughs> Tom and Mike. You know that wine glasses... Are seven times bigger than they were 300 years ago. I can believe that. Yeah, a restaurateur makes more money by giving you a giant glass because you think you
0: have a lot in there, but it's not much in there, right? Well, no, that that's not why they do it. They do it because people want the big glasses because it opens up the wine. Well, you're right. My perception is no. I'm not getting more wine, I'm just getting a bigger glass to enhance the experience. Well, did you know, and you are an aficionado,
1: that the thinner the lip of the glass, the less in the way the glass is to the drinking experience. What are you saying, the lip of... The- when you get a wine glass, as you put your mouth to it, it's thinner at the place where you're putting your mouth, and they thinner. do Thinner? Yes, the thinner the lip of the glass, the less in the way the glass is to the drinking experience. That's what it says here, I'm just reading. Okay. And it's narrow at to the top for two reasons. So it doesn't end up on the floor when swirling, which you do all the time, right? Yeah. It helps collect the unlocked aromas and easier to smell them. Right. Right? And there's a different
0: taste from wine glasses and water glasses. Did you know that? No, but you know what I like to do? I like to pour really great water, like Fiji water, into a nice wine glass. It totally, you know, cold Fiji water into a nice wine glass. I don't swirl the water but it really makes the water taste good. Right. So when I go to a nice restaurant, I have them pour, you know, a good bottle of water into a nice wine glass. Right. I'm telling you, a nice wine glass can make anything taste good. But why bother with glasses? A Chateau Lafitte is perfect through a straw, isn't it? Yeah, and some ice in the cup. <laughs> and with that Chateau Lafitte, you might want to mix in a little Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> they should make wine bottles bigger You only get three good glasses out of a out of one bottle of wine You ever see that? No, it's four good glasses Is it four? Yeah, you're you're pouring too much wine in your glass If you pour too much wine in your glass It totally ruins the taste Right Instead of being maybe a quarter or a third of the way full You don't want to go past like a third Right Do you have big wine glasses? Yes I'm guessing if you're only getting three glasses you're pouring that big wine glass up to halfway, right? Yeah. Wrong. I know. Don't ever do that. Right. A third or quarter. No more. Because the wine is not going to taste nearly as good at a half a glass. Right. Okay? But, you know, you're so right about, because I know when I,
1: I don't drink wine the way you do, but I know when I have a certain meal, I like to have the taste of wine come out of a nice wine glass rather than just a regular kitchen glass. Of course. Which I've done many times. I don't know if it's psychological or whatever, but it does. No,
0: it's definitely a
1: science behind it. Science?
0: Science! Tom and Mike!
1: You know, we still haven't been visited by aliens, or we don't know about it, right? I mean, maybe they've come and we don't know about it. Maybe they're walking among us. You ever
0: think about that? Every day of my life... When I encounter somebody by the name of Mike Lacy? Oh, shut up. Well, an international group of scientists had a big
1: symposium in Europe last week, and they were talking about why we haven't discovered or they haven't visited us yet. And they think it's intentional. They're hiding from us because we wouldn't be able to cope with the reality of their existence. They're quietly watching human land in a galaxy far away.
0: Do you believe that? Could be. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually, because you know, you and I have had these discussions about God. Right. I've told you that God looks and observes, and if He totally manifested Himself in the world, we would just die of fright. We would all have heart attacks. It would be too much for us to handle. And I, I think it'd probably be the same kind of thing with an alien. Or maybe there's waiting for the Earthlings to hit the ten billion mark, and then it's lunchtime. Everybody, <laughs> come on down. Over $10 serve. served. Or maybe they saw Carrot Top and said, no, nah, we're not going there. Or a certain orange person. Right. Well, they're both orange. That's true. I, I think, think Carrot Top is red. Right. Hey, what's red all over and made of cement? What? A newspaper. Oh, God. I just threw in the cement to make the joke harder. Oh, you didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are the entertainment
1: capital of the cosmos, so maybe they're watching us. It's all a big, you know, like a TV show. Reality show? show? Yeah. Turn on one of our cable channels. <laughs> cool. These scientists claim a lot. Maybe we stop calling them scientists and call them what they really are. Stoners. Stoners? Yeah, I bet these guys sit around and they get high and they talk about whether the aliens are here or not.
0: Hey, whatever happened with that Project Blue Book? You mean the, about space? Project Blue Book was this government agency that investigated UFOs. Did they close that down, Project Blue is that connected
1: to uh, Area 54 or whatever they call that place? That's Studio 54.
0: <laughs> there's some That's aliens. In- Area 51. <laughs> and Studio there was a- 54.
1: <laughs> and there were some real aliens in that place. Buddy. Yeah, could-
0: and then there's the 21 Club that used to hang out with uh, you and Donald. <laughs> <laughs> I never went to those clubs. Did you in the heyday? In the heyday, that heyday was before my time, my friend. I thought you were in records and promotion and stuff that's what they yeah do. yeah you know I went to places uh, when I was in the music industry like CBGBs in New York right? Oh yeah, baby people all know that, but that's where the a lot of good music came out of. yeah, the Ramones yep the way happening band, but mostly dead now. all but one. God rest Joey. You know, I got to know Joey Ramone. We're getting off subject here. Maybe not totally off subject because we were talking about aliens. right? (laughs) I mean, he looked like an alien. They all did, yeah. No, but what a nice guy. Super nice guy. I, I did. I got to know him. And so sad, you know, his passing. I mean, a real talent. You're probably amazed that. I was friends with Joey Ramone, right? No, that's one thing about you. You touch all
1: circles of life from the smallest man, like I know you have your pool boy over for dinner quite often, plus, you know, high executives. So you hop knob with everybody, right? Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's so sad about the Ramones. All but one are dead now. It's one of those groups that you can never like put back together again. Right. Because it would be a total cover band at this point, right? Like the Allman Brothers. Right. Tom and Mike. I need a Judge Kent ruling on this one. Well, it's not a big
1: deal, but, you know, still. A guy was at some county fair in England, and he had a couple beers, and so he picked out a, uh, a goldfish from a goldfish bowl, swigged it down. It was done on Facebook. They watched him do it on Facebook, so police
0: got a hold of it, and they fined the guy and made him do community service. What do you think? I'm okay with that, as long as he didn't have to serve any time. But that's an old college prank, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what's next? Jailing people for eating Roy oysters. You know, the thing was alive. Well, we drop lobsters in a boiling pot, don't we? That's true. How about that? That goldfish is still alive. It's swimming in his The goldfish might be fine once it comes out and gets back into the water supply. You know, since <laughs> you this, never know. <laughs> since
1: this was done in England, if he had just put some chips with it, I'm guessing he'd be okay. Fish mm. and chips.
0: Mm. mm. Hey, by the way, I love it when you do that. Would you do that for me again? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like that. I like that.
1: You know, if he swallowed it whole without biting or chewing, there's a chance the thing might have survived. He needs to watch that thing, see what comes out, right?
0: That's right. I think I just said that, didn't I?
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, I had an aunt. (laughs) Listen to this. Tell me if you could do this. I had an aunt. We'd go down to the Jersey Shore when I was a kid, and she would take clams right out of the water and eat them raw like
0: that. They're still alive. Yeah. I remember some experiences growing up in North Carolina. We used to vacation to Myrtle Beach. I was with relatives and stuff. They'd do the same thing. Oh. Yeah. No, no, Sushi. Man. Sushi. No. Put Alive some, and kicking. Heat those things up, with a little garlic sauce But and see, butter. the thing, the difference is goldfish are pets. They are?
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. It's one thing to pull something out of the ocean. Right And just start eating it <laughs> It's another thing to take somebody's pet And swallow it with a big gush of beer Well, this wasn't a pet This was at a fair It was like at a You
1: know, you're selling goldfish to little kids and stuff He just Yeah, one out think of, of
0: those little kids That wanted to have that goldfish as a pet Tom and Mike